honestly, you guys, shout out Blonde Radio, best radio station ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's going at the front of all the episodes now. I hope you know. <laughs> no, don't. Wait, wait, wait. Let me try, retry that video. Welcome to Blonde Radio. You're listening to 99 Point Blonde Radio. Oh my God, there's announcements not going on in my school. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brad. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Chicago. Well, not Chicago, <laughs> but near Chicago-ish. I'm from the UK. Tipito, Louisiana, which is in the Bayou region. And wherever you are, welcome to Blonde Radio. Hi, I'm Brad. I live on the west coast of Canada. I love films by Charlie Kaufman, and I collect vinyls, even though I don't have a player yet. And welcome to Blonde Radio where each day I book a call with a different stranger from around the world. Today we'll talk to Sam Eve, whose photography projects have brought people together, Jesse, who grew up seeing two very different worlds, and Sam Warren, a good friend and an artist who you probably don't realize you've already seen before. This week at Blonde Radio on Instagram, I gave you guys a prompt. What's your favorite thing about art? Here's what you had to say. My name is Felix. I'm calling from San Leandro, California. My favorite thing about art is that Anyone can make it. You could express deep emotions that are too complex to understand. And I believe that's so cool. Hi, my name is Dolan. I'm calling from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. And my favorite thing about art would definitely have to be the personal expression. Because certainly when you look at a, a, a music or a finalized track, you know, anything that can come out of a product of artistic expression, no matter what, if you're following that flow and not trying to create something that is a like something, you're following your own drive and you're creating something that's that's purely you that no one else could have made without your own assistance. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's the most beautiful thing about art is uh, personal expression. Never find the same thing, essentially. Hi, I'm Denise. I'm calling from the east of England. And my favorite thing about art is how much it says about other people. What kind of music you listen to or what kind of art you like to watch or even make it says a lot about you and your personality hey brad uh i'm nico i'm calling from puerto rico and i think my favorite part about art is just the hundreds of different ways anyone can interpret just a single piece of art and how something can mean nothing to someone but it can mean the entire world to the right person at the right time hello i'm santiago i'm calling from guadalajara mexico and my favorite thing about art is that everyone has their own perspective of a piece of art, even though it's not the way the artist intended it to be represented. Thanks. Hi, my name's Lauren and I'm from Ireland. And I think my favorite thing about art, it's community and everything the arts holds. So from music to filmmaking, to the creation of art itself, and just the entirety of it all. Thanks to everyone who called in, and we'll hear more answers throughout today's show. But first, we'll check in with Sam Eve, a design student from Toronto, whose videos you've probably seen before if you've been on TikTok, like this one. Hi, I'm Sam, and I'm really intrigued by perspective, especially the perspective of others. The idea that everyone views the world and things around them differently really excites me. A quote that I really enjoy is from the film Lady Bird, and it says, Don't you think maybe they are the same thing? And I want to see what strangers paid attention to, what they loved. Therefore, I gave strangers a disposable camera, asked them to shoot two to three photos, then to pass it on to another person. 
The camera started out in a small town in Ontario, made its way to downtown Toronto, and actually ended up in New York City. It went to eight different people in a span of three weeks. And this is the outcome of the traveling disposable camera. Now, here's Sam. Hi, Sam. Okay, this hopefully... is Sam, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. First of all, nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah, you as well. Oh my god. How's your day? Uh, it's been okay. Yeah, I just got back to work, actually. I started, like, full-time again, mm -hmm. so it's a lot. Damn, where are you working? Um, I work at a golf store. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just work Niche. in retail. I know, right? It's <laughs> a lot of fun. And you're calling from Toronto? Yeah. Give me the elevator pitch on Sam. Like, who are you and, like, what do you do? Oh, my God. That's, like, such a tough question when, I don't know, someone asks me that. I don't mm -hmm. know, like, what um, defines who I am. Is it my job? Is it what I study? Right. Is it what I'm passionate about? <laughs> I find that question, like, so hard. But mm -hmm. <laughs> I just like making things. <laughs> totally. You're in university. You're a design student? Yeah, I am uh, studying design. I'm going into my third year soon. Oh, sweet. Halfway point. How's yeah. that feel? I know it's like it's kind of scary, mm -hmm. especially like I don't know, starting to get a a job in the industry is so hard. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of just nervous about that. But when did this rooftop photography start for you? <laughs> oh my god, it started like when I was like 15. I started really young. It was mm -hmm. for fun to see. I don't know, just trying exploring my city. You know, seeing uh, where I could get. But honestly, it's pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. And I definitely don't suggest going like it's it's pretty dangerous and it's really fun, but <laughs> definitely don't recommend. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you come from an artistic family? Um, honestly, no, I'm the I'm the only one interested in the arts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in my family, everybody's in business and <laughs> architecture. So <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. Did that ever like make you feel like on the outs or anything or? Not so much on the outs, just tough, like figuring out like how to make this into an actual career. Because yeah. I've always loved making things, whether it's painting, drawing, photography, and just being able to manifest that into something bigger, mm -hmm. I find is really challenging. Totally. It's, it's yeah. so, it's this thing you love, but to try and make it viable and uh yeah capitalist society <laughs> yeah that's why i'm studying design and not like uh photography mm -hmm. because i never thought i could like make something out of photography and right. the funny thing is like i've been sharing my photography online for like five years but i've never gotten traction from it mm -hmm. um and I deleted my photography account on Instagram, like, at the beginning of the year. And I'm like, you know what? Nothing's going to oh, come from this. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I'm just going to, like, do it as a hobby. Right. And then one of my projects blew up. And now I'm like, oh, my God, it's actually kind of, like, happening. And it's crazy. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's... Um... Yeah. I've been making YouTube videos for, God, I don't know, years. Yeah. I like, I tell myself and my friends, like, it's just for me. I don't care if it blows up. But like, deep down, you always hope, you know, you make an impact of some kind. Yeah, of course. So oh, my God. And uh, just like, yeah, just to reach like one person, like, I, right. is super important. I don't care how many people watch my TikToks or how many, how many people follow me. But mm -hmm. if it's one person that gets impacted from my videos or just like a positive um, vibe from it totally it, i'm i feel like i succeeded <laughs>
Yeah, that's so cool. And it, yeah, it's but now that you feel like maybe there is some traction here, does it make you at all like reconsider like photography as like a career? I think it I think it opens a lot more opportunities for me. Mm-hmm. But maybe less so photography and more so focusing on like like the whole video projects and yeah. the stuff that I'm doing with like uh the community that I've I've made mm-hmm. and I think that's super cool focusing that and rather than just photos you know totally and now yeah you have like a audience you can work with now like like you're currently doing this this polaroid project is so so insane and i okay yeah i didn't know about it until like half an hour ago uh doing my research but i'm looking over here at my polaroid camera and i'm definitely after this i'll send you a little i'll send you a photo i know you have a surplus at the moment but uh you know i'd love to throw my my hat in the ring (laughs) yeah i love that oh my god very cool (laughs) So I've been a lot, a lot of the artists I talked to, you know, I've discovered lots of people come at art from different um, vantage points. What is art yeah. for you? What are you chasing? Oh, man, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really tough question. I mm-hmm. feel like art for me definitely is just a way of expressing my ideas mm-hmm. and just my outlook on life. Like, I'm really not good with words. I'm really bad at like um school <laughs> and like <laughs> I don't know the typical sciences and maths but I find like art I'm able to I don't know express my ideas and mm-hmm. how I view the world you know yeah yeah and I feel like I'm still just like experimenting because I've never used uh I've never really edited videos before that's or crazy used a video <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like working with iMovie trying to like oh god <laughs> I know it's really bad <laughs> But um, experimenting with this whole like video formatting has been like really fun to try just something different. Totally. And it feels like you definitely yeah. have your um, your finger on the pulse of what the TikTok community is about. Like it feels like even though maybe you said you're new to video making, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff happening that I just love to see. Like the, like the overhead shot of you opening and closing your laptop. <laughs> that's so chill. The shot in the mirror of you putting your headphones on. Like, come on. Like, there's there's thought there. There's intention, which is... Thanks. I'm just like trying my hardest to push myself out of the box to see like how well I can make these videos. Because I know like TikTok is such quick content mm-hmm. and like people are uploading so many videos at a time yeah. and like so many videos a week. But if I spend a week filming a couple days editing a couple days making something that I'm proud of I don't know it's much more important to me totally yeah it feels very you like I like (laughs) god this is the first time we're ever talking but it feels like you're really wearing your heart on your sleeve which I think people really pick up on and engage with and like yeah (laughs) your community seems like they care about you which is like they're not just there to be entertained yeah and I really appreciate that just like the support that I've gotten from this Mm -hmm. is like crazy like I said I've been sharing my stuff online for forever and now people are engaging with me and I don't know excited about the projects too and it's really like heartfelt yeah (laughs) because like you said I really do put my whole heart into these videos and projects even if it's just like a one minute tiktok that people scroll through 
it seems you're always working on a new project. Like each video you make seems like, <laughs> oh, God, like that basement photography session. that you, That's so chill. And that's such a like I've been there. Like I felt like, OK, today we're just going to do something weird and different and fun. Yeah. How do you motivate yourself to like where do these ideas come from and what <laughs> advice could you give to someone who's like stuck in a creative rut? Oh man, um I just get random like ideas and I write them down and I think the I do get in my creative rut as well like I don't mm-hmm. like sometimes I feel super unmotivated to make things yeah. but I think it's the process of seeing like an idea and a vision in my mind like filming it and then getting in the process of editing editing it and then picking a song and seeing it come to life mm-hmm. is really just like motivates me to make videos just like that whole process i think for someone who's feeling like unmotivated or in a creative like block like even just taking time off is okay i feel like people are so so consistently trying to make things like you need to first figure out like why you want to make things you know what's the inspiration what impact you want it to have or just it's hard <laughs> <laughs> no I like that and I like that idea I've never really thought about the that way what the first bit you're saying if like you future project you like envision yourself making the project <laughs> I always like envision the end goal but yeah there's something soothing about being like, yes, I am an artist and I do see myself working on a project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just when I come up with an idea, I just like I see the TikTok play out in my head before I even start like filming it, seeing that end result. And if it actually turns out good, mm-hmm. like it's so satisfying. So your visions yeah. come to fruition, yeah. which is like <laughs> the dream. Again, thank you for uh, taking time out of your day. It's been super chill to talk to you and love everything you're doing. Love your art. Can't wait to see where you go with it. It's so, so chill. (laughs) Thank you. And we'll definitely stay in touch. For sure. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm Pamela. I'm calling from Sao Paulo, Brazil. My favorite thing about art is how every form of art in every culture makes me and others feel in such a powerful way. Also, how everyone can be themselves when they create or consume art, because there are no rules. You can express how you really feel the way you want or even feel understood, and I think that's incredible. I'm Regina, I'm calling from Mexico, and I really had to think this one, because I want to do art in my life, it's all I want to do, but my favorite thing about art is that every single thing that you can think of like even it's far away from studying arts like doing math and studying economics it has art everything has art in it everything you do walking waking up everything 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 in the world has art and i think that's my favorite thing hi my name's abby i'm from ontario And my favorite thing about art is that the way you can convey messages using the most simplest things out there. You can just take a canvas, put some paint on there, and the next thing you know, you have a rally going on behind you. You have people listening to a message. You have there's so much information you can put in using art that if you wanted to explain it using like text or books or stuff, it would take you a lot of pages. So I just like the way art can send out messages to people. Hi, I'm Elia. I'm calling from Austin, Texas, and my favorite thing about art is being able to share my story and express myself. Hello. Hey, what's up? 
Hey, this is Jesse, yeah? Oh yeah, sorry, my, my audio is off. <laughs> no, it's all good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. What's, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. Where are you calling from? Uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Hell yeah. It's um, about 40 minutes out of Boston. It's like in the center. Oh, sick. All that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. How's your day been? It's been pretty good. Um, very weird times we're in right now. Hell yeah. Very proactive times, I believe, though. You know, it's like, uh, it feels like history is being made. Yeah, there's a lot of like, um, I see a lot of TikToks and memes and stuff right now. It's like, we're literally living in like a history chapter that they're going to be teaching one day. Yeah. It's crazy, you know, like a wrench has been thrown into this like monotonous machine. I feel like we've all been living in, in a, in a sense, you know. Amen. Yeah. And even um, I live in Canada and even though like, like, yeah, we still have issues up here, but they're, I'd say, somewhat detached from, you know, America. But uh, yeah, but even up here, 100%. We're, we're seeing like protests and rallies and stuff, which is like crazy and just awesome to see how how far reaching and global this can be, which is yeah yeah like even over new zealand too i was seeing some oh god some videos totally. of the protests over there yeah i'm glad change is happening yeah damn so um but give me the elevator pitch on you tell me about you uh who are you what do you do well uh i'm a musician primarily yeah uh, been playing in a band for about four years but i just started my solo project oh sick um yeah, but um, a part like a big part of what I do and what I want to do in the future is talk about like the huge difference between classes because mm -hmm. um, I was granted the opportunity to live in two different class. Um, yeah, I've lived in yeah. two different classes basically. Sure. So I spent from the age of about four to twelve living in a upper middle class home, mm -hmm. you know, very in a very secure town. The town's called Shrewsbury, you know, not a lot of crime, not a lot of uh, poverty. It's very, very stable. And right. then when I was about 12 years old, I moved to Rockwood, Tennessee, mm -hmm. which was a very poor, had it had a lot of economic struggles, right? It's crazy how much you don't know or how much you can really like miss out on when you're living in the middle class kind of like that safe security bubble. Mm -hmm. Part of what I want to do is really try to relay the message like it's a completely different world for a lot of these people. Totally. You know, I, I, I'm one of the lucky ones. You know, I was able to get out of the poverty because I had so many resources available to me. But um, what it is, is it's like people are stuck is what mm -hmm. I found. That's the biggest thing. It's horrible to see people not be aware of their situation on both sides of like people who are living in middle-class homes and they have no idea what bubble they're in just the same as people in lower class homes don't know the bubble that they're living in you know totally and, uh, and then uh, there's this weird sort of caveat of like the american dream says like if you work hard enough you can get yourself out of it but there's so many invisible checks and barriers that just go mm -hmm. like uncontested and unspoken about that just really put a bunch of people at a disadvantage. 100%. And I, I feel like a part of that is people's ignorance, mm -hmm. especially people in better situations. It's like, I forget the name of the, like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps doesn't always work. Um, it, these people don't have the resources to pull themselves out of the situation that they're living in. It, it's horrible mm -hmm. to see, like even some of my own family members there, there would be eight of them all sitting in a, in a group doing drugs. And while there's like four year olds who mm -hmm. don't have like clean clothes, they don't have food on the table all the time. It's, um, and you know, like that's all they know, 
You know, they don't know that life can be different. You right. know, that's part of what I've had to sit with and really think about for a long time. It's like, I've been lucky enough to like see what life can be. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to share that with as many people, you know, life can be so much more than your situation. Totally. It, it's all about like finding those resources and it, you can't do it alone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What would you say are is the biggest or maybe a few of the biggest discrepancies that you noticed between these two worlds? What things maybe like shocked you the most or were definitely stuck out the most? Definitely the amount of like, how do I put this? Like probably ignorance, you know, like what people take for granted, you know, like people take their security for Mm -hmm. granted. Um, One thing I've noticed living in the suburbs is every... A lot of it's rudimentary bullshit in, in, in a sense, you know, pe- what, the things people care about and the things people like spend their time on seems so minuscule mm. compared to people in, 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 in poor situations. Um, and it's just because they don't know, you know, they haven't been challenged, mm-hmm. you know, it, the, the, the level of resilience. And I feel like people living in the, the harder conditions have a chance to develop more if they fight what they're being put up against. It's like one of those things where being put in a bad situation gives you the opportunity to grow more as a person, I believe, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. And and that's something that's really weird because you can't, it, it, you can't be mad at people for being born into a secure situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that's something I've really had a, a struggle with is because I moved back to Massachusetts in ninth grade when I was about 14 years old. Yeah. Only two years living in, in a poor area of the country. I just became so frustrated with the people I was surrounded with because they had no idea, you know, and that's something that I've really had to struggle with is the things people care about, the things people find troubling. A a lack of, I I feel like being in that situation gives you a bigger world perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. a larger view of what it's of reality, because I feel like the secure life of the middle class is, is very, it's a very small percent of what life is actually like for a lot of people. And that's what I think is the biggest difference is probably the level of self-awareness mm-hmm. in a sense. And it sounds like to an extent there can be like education on all sides, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think when pe- those two worlds start to understand each other a little, a little bit more, mm-hmm. we need that kind of homogenization of information and stuff like that and even just like like community like god you you think that even though we all to an extent come from different backgrounds i i hate to bring religion into it but like i i used to i grew up in the church i grew up going to church and as well i yeah and there's at least at my church there was different walks of life in that church there was people that came from like the poor communities in the town and there's definitely like the rich families but like, like once we we were all in that building together, most of the time, I'm not going to say all the time, people were looking out for each other. People were communicating and talking and learning with each other. It's hard to, like, I, I just don't see a lot of opportunity or promotion of just like engaging with the other side as much as, I don't know, there should be, I think. Right. And I, I think that's a an important thing we need to move towards, especially like even right now, I feel like education is the biggest way that we can fight this kind of division, mm-hmm. you know, and a part in a, a big part of it is that it's just what they learn. I feel like social media can be can be the unification between these two worlds because everyone has a phone almost. Oh, for sure. At least in America. 
you know, and mm-hmm. I, I believe that like if we can educate people mm-hmm. on the realities, it, it's like what's happening right now. People people are educating on the oppression that people are facing, the injustices that people are facing. And I think that's what's most important to, to tackle right now. But I believe as we move on, we can start to see like wide scale changes. And there's uh, so much I don't know, too. You know, right. I only have one experience. And so but because of my getting outside of that suburban middle class white America bubble, I've been able to understand that there is more, you know, like mm-hmm. once you get that first example of situations being different, it opens your mind up. It, it's kind of like the more, you know, the more, you know, the more you don't know. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's one, it's one of those. Yeah. It's one of those things. So. Because this is something I struggle with, and maybe you can relate because we're kind of dancing around the, this topic here. I've been making videos for like on TikTok, literally like only a month, but then like um, on YouTube for like four or five years. And it's like my passion. My passion is being behind a camera. I love that. It's great. It's fun. But then there's there's so much opportunity to help and educate and inform. But then also you have this this passion, this thing you're into, like for you example, music. How do you marry those two concepts or how do you because like like how do yeah, you. That's yeah, that's why. Yeah, sorry. That's um, that's why I kind of came into this discussion. Not not as much talking about myself, but more like the experiences I've had. You know, it's like I think it's just awareness of the times, you know, like if, if it was a different time, I'd probably just be talking about my music and and not trying as hard to relate what I've gone through to what is going on. It's one of those things where it's like, um, the, the stuff just has to kind of take a back burner for a little bit, you know, totally just help out. And, and I think it's about helping in any way you can, mm-hmm. the way people need to do it is, um, not treat it as a performance, you know, yeah. treat it as 100% genuine cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, like oh, that's yeah. how I've been trying to handle it. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's not a performance. It's not about me. It's about, how can I push people's message who don't have the platform to do so, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't want it to be my words. I want it to be other people's words expressed through my platform. You know what I mean? Totally. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Because right now in this place and time, you you have this great opportunity of, you know, having a platform. So Exactly. And me being white, middle-class America, my opinion is, is I feel like is irrelevant on this issue. Any, any opinions that I come up with, Mm -hmm. they're not what's important. You know, I think what I need to do is provide people whose firsthand accounts are like the most important, give them a chance to speak, you know, because me, me expressing how I feel about the issue Mm -hmm. is, I I don't know, because the way I feel about it is different than someone who's actually in it, you know? For sure. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how they feel. So why? It's one of those things where, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like you have to be sharing your opinion is can be counter counterproductive, even if your intent is good, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how I've been trying to take this whole situation. Jesse, I do want to thank you for taking time every day and speaking with me. I was wondering in closing, oh, yeah. if you could, um, there's a lot of people right now just feeling like helpless and they don't know what to do to just make a difference or even start moving towards um, positive change. What What would you recommend? I'd say don't let your own experiences stop you from trying to learn what other people are going through, Mm. you know, like just because something is good for you really try to push yourself outside that bubble so you can learn and expand your worldview on, on certain issues. 
Totally. That's what I'd say. Like that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, man. It was nice talking. Hey, anytime. I'll talk to you later. Peace out, bro. Ciao. I'm Serena, and I'm from Gold Coast, Australia, and my favorite thing about art, and especially in the form of cinematography, is the feelings and emotions it can convey just through a screen. I found it just overwhelmingly beautiful. Hi, my name is Jasmine, and I'm calling from Brooks, Alberta, Canada. And my favorite thing about art is how one piece can be a whole nother thing and mean something else for someone else, no matter what medium it is. It really is subjective. Hi, I am Dia. I'm calling from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And my favorite thing about art is that the way you can express your feelings and thought and put it into your work. And yeah. Hi, I'm Edward. I'm calling from Ontario, Canada. And my favorite thing about art is its potential for connectivity between all of us. We may be seeing different things within the art piece itself, but we could both sit there and say that it is a wonderful piece of artwork and it could connect us through its various different meanings. Hi there, I'm Mahan and I'm from Vancouver, BC. Um, and my favorite thing about art is how everyone can look at the same painting, but feel and think something differently. Nobody will have the same experience with art. And I think that's really beautiful. I'm Camila, I'm from Miami. And my favorite thing about art is how it brings certain emotions out of you in a very beautiful way. Hey, I'm Isabel, I'm calling from Victoria, BC. And my favorite thing about art is that it can be both creative and restorative at the same time. It's like, it lets you experiment and explore new ideas, but it's also like so therapeutic and so freeing. You sound okay. great, you sound fantastic. Amazing. I'd ask where you're calling from, but I know you're just down the road. <laughs> that I am. Could probably walk over if I wanted to. Love that. How are you? What's, Good. What's going on um, with you? My oh. Frank Ocean vinyls came in. Oh, no way. The singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy. Those have been in the mail for like months? <laughs> Since October. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's when I ordered them, but yeah. That's insane. Congratulations. Cool. Thank you, sir. Give me just a quick elevator pitch on you because it's this is a little different because I know Ooh. you, but... Uh, yeah. Listeners, the podcast don't. doesn't know me. My name is Sam Warren. Mm -hmm. I am a photographer and I, ooh, bad elevator pitch. I would have walked to the elevator by now. <laughs> uh, my name is Sam Warren. I am a photographer in Victoria, BC. Mm -hmm. um, I am also studying engineering at the University of Victoria. Uh, in my spare time, I like to take photos of people mm -hmm. and see friends, ride bikes. Yeah. That's sick. And yeah, that's, that's um, and for those of you uh, listening, Sam is actually the cover of uh, Blonde Radio, which is... Uh, that's right. That's a little connection there. He's the Mr. Skateboard Man Supreme on the front there. And It's my, my 10 yeah. seconds of fame. <laughs> the poster boy for Blonde Radio. And because uh, so we actually met through um, uh, a person we were both maybe... I, Closer with at the time. Sure, yeah. I feel like in an alternate timeline, or at least it was set up to me maybe that we should have been arch enemies. But uh... We should have. That would have made for a sick plot, but I don't think we could stay enemies for long. No, yeah. and, and even uh, I was curated to uh, maybe sort of distrust and maybe dislike you off the bat from outside forces. But uh, as it's soon true. as I met you, I was like, oh, shit, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's tight as hell. So, um, oh, thanks, man. I felt the same way. Very sweet. When did you know photography was something that you wanted to pursue? Oh, man, I have 
<laughs> old like on our old computer and I found a bunch of photos I took uh, in a folder called Sam Shots when I was like <laughs> maybe six or seven. Man, I remember like being like eight years old. All I wanted for Christmas was one of those Canon Digital Elf cameras, like a real camera. Right. Because I would set up my Bionicles. <laughs> <laughs> like in front of the fire and then I'd like take photos of them and that was so much fun and so there's a ton of those photos in, in the Sam Shots library it kind of I guess it kind of spawned from there I just took photos of everything I mean like the TV everything around my living room I didn't have much freedom because I was you know an infant but yeah and then when I when I turned 12 or 13 I really started to get interested in photography and uh, my parents gave me a, a loan of a couple hundred bucks so I could go buy my first DSLR uh, on the one condition that I paid them back within two months so I oh, worked damn. my butt off and uh, yeah Made it happen. Hell yeah. Uh, ever since then, I mean, I've just been, you know, I just I just love photography. It's, it's a good way to meet people. Mm-hmm. You can either make someone's day with like a really nice photo of them or like ruin their day with a really awful <laughs> photo of them. So it's pretty versatile that way. I guess maybe that's the pursuit is to try and make it's everyone's ruin day. ruin everyone's but... day. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm in it for. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You've only moved once? I moved once when I was a year old. Right. Vast majority of your life, you've been in sort of the same area. And I was yeah. wondering, do you feel like that like smothers your artistic opportunity? You're kind of stuck in the same views, the same horizons, or is that sort of pushing you to see the space around you, this physical space in like different lights, different perspectives? It's a really good question. It's a bit of both. I mean, mm-hmm. like for the first years of owning a digital camera, all yeah. I would do is I would get on my bike and I just ride around Brownwood Bay where we live. <laughs> and uh, just go take photos of like stuff I saw, like flowers and leaves and the beach and stuff in the ocean. Your logical mind starts to take over and you think to yourself, oh, I don't really need to go out and take photos around the bay. Like I've done it a thousand times now and I probably have done it upwards of a few hundred times by right. now. But every time I put the logical brain away and get the creative brain out, uh, I always end up really enjoying it. And I, I like the photos I take when I'm out. So it's kind of a mix. Like I think if if you stay in the same area a lot, and that's mostly what you're, you know, photographing on the day to day. It can kind of hinder your creativity just because it kind of squashes your motivation to actually get out and take those photos. But once you're out, I mean, it's it's so refreshing to see things that you drive by every single day from a different perspective, especially if you're walking or on a bicycle. It just kind of slows everything down and you get to you get a second look at everything. It's kind of cool. I like that. I don't know if you remember, uh, like, I guess it was over a month ago now, but I for a little I had a little stint where I was posting photos to my story every day mm-hmm. and uh i i think that's when it clicked what you're talking about that's when it really kind of clicked for me because i've been i I, w- I think previously i was always sporadically whenever the mood hit or whenever we were going out with friends but totally. forcing yourself to get into that space and like just just do like it could be shit but like just just get out there something's I mean, gonna happen yeah like creativity like you know, many, many aspects of life is a lot like a muscle. You know, you just got, you have to stretch it. You have to kind of work it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be uncomfortable sometimes, but if you get it and do it every day, that's what's going to make a difference in the long run. I mean, I went through a phase where I was shooting every single day as well. Just, I just completely overbooked myself with like people to shoot. Yeah. So every day was someone new. And at first I just, I felt exhausted going into it. I was like, ah, cause I was feeling really burnt out already. And I just didn't want to do it, but I just kind of forced myself to. And after I was done, that's, some of like my favorite work so far right. was that that short period of time where I just hit it super hard. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like the more the more you take photos, the more you kind of run through your ideas and have to think of new ones. And that's when it gets exciting. It's when you kind of run out of the things at the forefront of your imagination, ironically enough. 
I like that. And not even I saying like you're that. taking like bad photos, but like you're, yeah, like you're saying, you're running just to the end of, okay, now we can start making new stuff. Exactly. What feeling are you chasing for Marta? Is there a prevailing motivation for you? You know, it's not, I don't know. A lot of people, I've listened to like a lot of photography interviews mm-hmm. and it seems like the vast majority of photographers kind of know what they want to say but they have an idea in mind they go out and they shoot it and it's great. I kind of envy those people because most of the time I'm just kind of, I don't know, freestyling it. (laughs) Some people, you know, they figure out what they want and they let that drive their art. But I think for me, it's almost like the opposite. Like I learned a lot about myself from what I'm into shooting at the time. Like if I just don't really want to shoot any portraits, I just want to shoot, you know, pictures of buildings or people in solitude on the street or something. It's like, it's more informative to me than it is expressive. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. It really depends on the mood I'm in. I want to find the balance between being a people's photographer and a photographer's photographer. I feel like... Well, what does that really, mean? It's, well, it's really <laughs> easy to be a people's photographer. Mm-hmm. I could just go out right now, buy like, I don't know, an A7R 4 and shoot 65 megapixel photos of lens balls on the beach for <laughs> the rest of my life. Yeah, And they'd probably be a hit online, but it would drive me insane. I, to me, like a people's photographer is, you know, it's not necessarily, a, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's what you see most of on Instagram pages that are like the Jordi Kowalik, people that like kind of take advantage of cool effects, nothing against them. I and mean, they're really cool photos and I, I enjoy them, but sure. it's more to kind of gather the attention of a massive group of people. And to me, it just, it feels like a little sellout ish because these are really talented people totally. and they're kind of replaying the same ideas as everyone else. And it just shortcut instead of an original path. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a little like, it's, it's like disheartening to see it so much because these people have everything they need to make like super interesting original content. And a lot of it's just kind of regurgitated ideas. Not to say that I'm not also a victim of that. I mean, you look at my stuff and compare it against like most of the major film photographers, you'll see a lot of similarities too. But Mm -hmm. the other side of the spectrum is being a photographer's photographer where you know, people that are really invested in the art will appreciate it and probably really enjoy it. Yeah. But you're also cutting out maybe people that aren't as in tune with that side of things, don't really understand the process. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of goes over their head. There's so much stuff that still goes way over my head. I see something and I'm like, well, this is like a shitty photo. <laughs> and all the comments are like, this is incredible work. Like, wow. And it's all like really esteemed photographers. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I just don't get it. <laughs> Finding that balance and... Being able to, you know, influence a lot of people's lives, um, but also still maintain that side of things where, you know, I'm not just kind of selling out on old ideas and actually kind of bring something new to photography. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's um, because you want to have to a certain extent a universal appeal, but then also you want to hit that niche. And that's it's a hard balance. That's tricky. That's like super, um, super tricky. God, even like in the film world like there's only so many directors that can pull that off you know so it's exactly yeah what advice could you give to someone who's intimidated by taking the next big step forward in their art because i feel like especially oh god when did you start shooting film a year ago just about exactly a year ago yeah oh shit damn yeah because i feel like that for you was like this huge kind of 
that was a big step it was it's a commitment i feel like you really stuck to the landing like of course like every, making that transition you're gonna have your rough spots off the off the bat but like i feel like co- so confident to call you like a skilled film photographer now like there's not it, it's not like my pal who's like messing around with film maybe and I'm like, <laughs> oh that's cool and then they post on instagram and the exposure's all off or whatever like you i feel like you've really settled into not only the craft of film but also like your artistic vision you've married those two nicely so like what advice would you give to someone who wants to take that step in whatever their field is it's it's tough because in in film photography it's not exactly like the next step it's just a different kind of photography although some people would argue otherwise some people think that if you're shooting digitally you're not a real photographer and film is superior blah blah blah. i don't really believe in that mm-hmm. i think um you know a good photo is still a good photo on digital no arguing that um this is actually a quote i'm stealing from devin blaskovich uh check out his instagram it's really cool oh, sweet but he says uh a good photo on digital is still a good photo and a bad photo on film isn't a good photo <laughs> um, that's very true but if you're interested in film photography there is a super rich community out there right now of young uh super talented photographers and even if you're not a photographer and you're just looking to take the next kind of big step into whatever you're doing just just try it i mean if it costs money read up about it i guess mm-hmm. before you make an investment um maybe see if there are some friends in your local vicinity that can give you a sample before you commit but the biggest thing is just trying it some people fret so long over like oh should i make the jump to film should i like buy an slr right and like start investing money in film photography like i don't know but the truth is every film photographer started shooting film just they just started one day and that was it mm-hmm. and the rest of it just kind of fell into place so the more you dwell on it, the more you're just kind of delaying it. If you're really interested, it's probably going to happen. Damn. And uh, I mean, Nike, just do it. <laughs> well, thank you again, Sam. Taking, no again, problem. time out of your day, speaking with me, being very open artist, fellow creative, always appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm honored okay. to be a part of it. Anytime. I wish you a lovely evening and uh, I'll talk to you later. You too, Brad. Take care. Ciao. Special thanks to our guests Sam Eve, Jesse, and Sam Warren for making this episode possible, as well as everyone who submitted a response to the prompt. Our intro music is provided by Wayfie, that's W-A-Y-F-I-E, and accompanying tracks by Low Boyle, that's L-O-B-O-I-L, who can both be found on all major streaming platforms. See you soon, and thanks for tuning in to Blonde Radio.